Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Good, and then the other ones will be live, so you can hit those. And then, uh, yeah, all right, Olivia. Oh, hi. How are you? <laughs> Thanks for taking the time. Sorry about the wait. We're just getting our shit together today. Uh, yeah, for sure. Matthew James Blake is my Jamie in the background. We're watching all the. We're on Twitter, Facebook, and later we'll be on YouTube. Um, tell me about your social media. We're just talking offline a little bit. I'm I'm torn between not going live on these cheesy platforms like well not cheesy but it seems like cheap views you know what I mean like people are coming into the Facebook you, you get 500 views you know these people aren't watching for more than 30 seconds or so and I'm torn between not doing it live on these ones and taking the cheap views and forcing everyone over to my YouTube channel because I need a thousand subscribers before I can go live now thank you very little YouTube and so how are you approaching it as far as trying to build your channel yeah, well, I, I do try to like funnel a lot of my traffic from Twitter over to YouTube um, because that that's a platform where I, I feel like people become more legitimate. Um, it's it, I think it's way easier to amass Twitter followers because you know there's retweets, you know you can tag people, all that kind of stuff. Um, on YouTube, it's much harder, so I, I do try to um, get my like I don't know like followers from Twitter to become subscribers on YouTube, but it, it is hard. So as I was saying before, I do like to put like a little preview of a youtube video on twitter and be like okay click the link to come over there i don't do a lot of live streams like when i do it's very informal i usually use like periscope or something to like post it on twitter but um yeah that's it that's about it cool so tell everyone about yourself how old are you where are you living what are you doing you're at school you know give us the full uh Start with the correct pronunciation of your name because I don't want to say it wrong. I got the first part. I think I got Olivia fine. It's Olivia, right? Well, you're Canadian, right? You yeah. Should be able to yeah. Okay. It's Rondo. E-A-U. Yeah. Rondo. Okay. Rondo. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So tell um, us, give us a brief bio. Uh, so I'm 18. I'm currently a political science major um, and I'm wrestling uh, as well. So I'm a, I'm a college wrestler. And I've been wrestling since my freshman year of high school. Um, and I think those two like kind of play off of each other, like being interested in politics and being interested in wrestling. I feel like um, they do go hand in hand because it takes a lot of like confidence and like assertiveness to do both, especially as like a female, I guess. Um, and basically what I would consider myself is a activist slash journalist. I write articles sometimes. I produce YouTube videos, sometimes comedy, sometimes informational, sometimes like a documentary style. Um, and I give my opinion and, and people seem to like that. So that's what I do. Not everyone likes it. If you're on Twitter, for sure, you're going to have your uh, fair share of your own haters. So where do you get that's off? True. Where do you get off, Olivia? 18 years <laughs> old. Like, how can you actually think that people care what you think or that yeah, that your opinions actually matter? Obviously, I'm being tongue in cheek, but it takes it takes a little bit of courage to put yourself out there. I think you're probably a little bit conservative leaning i think you're a trump supporter yeah. um that's got to be tough how, like so yeah how do you measure um, that? I would, yeah i would consider myself um like a right wing libertarian ish okay. um I, w I would i really don't like aligning myself with any type of party because you know people you know just automatically assume like oh trump supporter like republican or conservative republican and i do have a lot of issues with the republican party that i've talked about um and so I, I like I am active in like Republican circles and Republican groups because it's like at this point, if you're right of center, you, there's no way you can vote for a Democrat um, and like the Libertarian Party is like a joke. So, yeah, <laughs> I'm just, I mean, so the, I'm yeah, I'm just here. Their principles are good, though. Small government, you um, know, they yeah. stay out of your life. They're they're for, you know, things that a lot, you know, a lot of the Libertarian principles seem to kind of go with the Democrats and the left wing, uh, legalization of marijuana, maybe legalization of all drugs, that kind of thing. But then, 
you know, it's it, the waters have sure been muddied, it seems, because if you're anything right of center, then uh, it's almost like you're all right now. And the left oh, has got so far yeah. left. Like I'm a 10 time Green Party candidate. I've, I've been left my whole life. I'm still left on social issues. I'm right on on fiscal issues. Uh, the Green Party's always been that as well. But uh, you know, I kind of fall in the Dave Rubin group of people that say, you know, I didn't leave Absolutely. the left. The left left me. Like they've gone so far radically left that I just can't get with, you know, their lack of acknowledgement of science and biology when it comes to genders, uh, their lack of support of free speech. And now these Antifa dressing in black just getting a free pass, it seems like, you know, and I, I tweeted yesterday, the right doesn't come out to these little lefty parades. The left comes out to the to the to the rights parades and, and they're all violent. It's it's uh, it's frustrating for me to watch. Yeah, I mean, I, I've had direct experience with Antifa. I don't know if you saw, but I posted a video on YouTube where I infiltrated and went undercover in an Antifa rally and then um I went like it was a there was a day of the demand free speech rally. So there was like a lot of like big conservative names there, like Laura Loomer was there, Miley Yiannopoulos was there. And then across the street there was like, you know, the Black Lives Matter Antifa group. So I infiltrated them and like filmed a little bit and then went back over to like the conservative side and then Antifa came over like and attacked us. Like it was insane. Well, are you meeting some of these uh celebrities like Milo and whatnot at these rallies? Are you getting close to them and exchanging contact information and whatnot? Um, not Milo. Okay, the thing about Milo is was actually pretty funny because so Milo I had a is hilarious. He's yeah, just... I had. He's a little crazy. Yeah. Um, but I had a press pass at the Demand Free Speech rally, so I got to go up on the stage and like record while he was speaking. And at at the rally, he was dressed as Laura Loomer. Oh so yeah, I saw that. That's where Gavin yeah. spoke. Was yes, yeah, yes. yeah, and then I I really wanted to ask for a picture with him because he's just like an icon. Yeah. Um, but I was like so scared. Like I felt like he was just going to drag me for some reason. Like, I don't know. Like, I, like he just like, he's like, um, I, I tweeted out. I was like, I wanted to ask Milo for a selfie, but honestly he's scarier than Antifa. And I mean that as a compliment. <laughs> and then he posed, he found that tweet and posted it in his like, uh, in his like telegram channel or whatever. And like a few thousand people saw it, but I don't know. I thought that was cool. He acknowledged my existence, but I was too scared to talk to him. <laughs> That's awesome, and having him as the MC or the uh, yeah, I guess the MC of the what was it the the Pride the hetero, oh the straight pride straight pride. pride. <laughs> oh god, yeah. honestly, I think all those uh, all those like over the top um, pride parades are kind of cringy. Mm -hmm. Like, and then I feel like none of like none of the signs I saw from the like from the, the from the march they like didn't have anything to do with like heterosexuality. I just saw like. A lot of like American flags, a lot of Israeli flags, um, lots of like Trump hats and stuff. I don't know. I think what the left and the media don't really understand is that this is a big troll. The straight pride parade was, oh, it was yeah, nothing it was about for sure. Like it wasn't really about like straight pride. Like no. they're not like proud of being straight. It was just like a big joke kind of. You know, I've never considered being proud of my heterosexuality. I'm, you know, I've just been that way all the time, and I'm fine. You know what? If you want to be gay or even trans, that's I have no. Be who you want to be. Call yourself what you want to be. Even, you know, be the sex you want to be. I have no problem with that. Now I get a little bit of a problem with the kids. Like that's I, what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Because, um, like even like the 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 trans issue and how like it's like LGBTQIA. Two plus. S S plus plus plus. <laughs> um, that's the that's where I have a little bit of an issue because I think, um, like you know, love who you love. Like I, I literally have no issue with that. Like that that's where I am very libertarian on. Like I'm I'm pretty libertarian on like marijuana, and um, like same sex couples, same sex marriage, all that kind of stuff. Um, but like when it comes to children transitioning, which is like growing exponentially, especially in places like the UK where they're pretty lax on that type of stuff. Like, it's crazy. Like, I, I just feel like every day I read a story about, like, a three-year-old that changed his name or, like, a 10-year-old that's on, like, uh, puberty blockers. Like, it's actually insane. So that's where I'm not libertarian. I'm, I'm like, yo, we need, like, some type of rules in place because the kids cannot do that. Like, that's child abuse. So what do you feel are the top issues for you? What do you think? I, I pose this question to many people that come on the show. Is, is go something like this. Like, what do you think the top 
few issues are uh, conversations that we need to have or are having very badly right now that we need to get right. I think, you know, there's obviously one with free speech. I think anyone on the right right now is concerned about free speech, especially the way conservatives are being censored. And then, uh, you know, maybe there's a religious conversation that we need to have, you know, the the Muslim, Christian, uh, Jewish question, you know, type of thing. So what do you think are the top issues or what do you find yourself really passionate about talking about these days? Um, so under my, like, conservative umbrella, I do consider myself, like, three things. So, oh, wait, you're going to hear me? Oh, okay. Oh, um, so I, I could. I didn't go anywhere. I'm just uh, helping my producer out here. So go ahead. Okay. Yeah, it froze for like a good five seconds, and I was like, oh. Oh, "Okay, no, I just okay, left um, the picture." Okay. Um, so under like my conservative umbrella, I consider myself a nationalist, a capitalist, and a constitutionalist. And so under those like subcategories, my three or like my I guess my main issues is you know like obviously constitutional rights and um, so that you know, free speech, second amendment, um, all that kind of stuff. Capitalism. I'm very, very into learning about and talking about, um, capitalism, especially in, um, impoverished areas in America. So I talk about the effects of capitalism versus socialism on black and urban communities. Um, and then I like to talk about immigration. So those are like my, my things because I'm actually, I'm very passionate about immigration and I think that I'm more, right on that than most uh most republicans so i I, my views are like kind of all over the place but mainly conservative so as far as conversations go what do you what what conversations do you think we're we're doing really badly that we need to have a better understanding of and a more fulsome debate of um race for sure race Um, okay i'm surprised to hear you say that yeah, no, like I'm not one of those people that's like, oh, everything's racist, blah, 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 blah. Okay. But I, I, I just mean in the sense that, so the left is like, you know, everything's racist. If right. you're this race, you have to do that. If you're that race, you have to vote for that. Like I've experienced that myself. And then on the right, um, what I like to call like the boomer right, like a lot of like older people like on Twitter, they're always like, oh, racism doesn't exist or like, right. you know, like police brutality doesn't exist. Like, can we, igno- we can acknowledge that it exists and we can talk about how to fix it. The left isn't fixing it by bringing it up where it doesn't belong and the right. right's not going to make it go away by never talking about it, by shutting it down, by saying, oh, there must be another explanation. Like, oh, right. like some things are just bad. Some things are just evil and some things are mm-hmm. just racist. Like, not everything is like a leftist plant. Like, okay. there are people who are you know, legitimate racist. And I don't think it's the majority of people. I definitely don't think it's the majority of white people. Um, but I just think we have to have an honest conversation about it. So mm-hmm. on, no. on both sides of the party, what's oh, your, both sides of the spectrum. No, I get it completely. And I agree with you. Um, what's your nationality? Um, I'm, I mean, I, I was born in America, but um, my mom's side is British. So her family came over um, like after World War II. Okay. And then my dad's side is um, like American descendant of slavery, so like African American. Now, do you consider yourself a minority then? Yeah, I'm a minority. Okay, okay. Because <laughs> uh, looking at you, you you know you don't look like one to me, but you know I, I don't know you. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't look like the average uh, average. I mean, average American is still white, and even like Black Americans, they still don't look like me. So I'm like a double minority because I'm not really like black, not really white. So Yeah, I think where the conversation breaks down and you kind of touched on a little bit where the left thinks that everything is racist. The the far, as you described them, the boomer right, I think are more apt to say it doesn't exist and I kind of I fall more on that side because I think the numbers are so small. Uh, yeah, does police brutality exist? Yeah. Is it rampant throughout the system? I think not. I think the majority of cops are good people. The majority of people are good people. Uh, you have the extremists. And this is my frustration. You know, I I kind of went down this road of, um, like, why are the right and left so far apart and at each other's throats? Why are women, men and women at each other's throat and so far apart? Uh, we've been further apart at different times in history as races, as sexes, and all this kind of stuff. But I, I think there's there's got to be a happy medium somewhere. And I, I, I appreciate your comments about, like, everything's racist versus it doesn't happen. But in 
in the greatest scheme of things, I think when it does happen, it's such a small minority, but then the minority seems to have a really loud voice promoting injustice these days, and then it turns into everything's injustice, everything's racist, everything's sexist, you know, and, and it turns into a false narrative like the gender pay gap. I mean, we've closed yeah. it. Women are doing great before 35. In fact, they're earning more than men before 35. And then, uh, well, they have babies after. What do you think? They're going to go out of the workforce for a lot of them. They're like, babies are important to people, men and women. They like to have families. Shocker, yeah. you know? So, um, Yeah, I, I, I agree. And I feel like that, that well, that whole gender pay gap nar- narrative is just kind of um, – I feel like it's like, well, it's not only pitting men and women against each other, but it's also kind of making them like one of the same. Like, I don't think uh, women and men have to like be exactly the same at everything. Like they can be equal and be treated equal, have equal rights, but like not accounting for the fact that, yeah, lots of women like to be stay at home moms. Like lots of women like to have kids. Like lots of women have to settle down. That's not like unfeminist of you. That's not like. Mis- that's not internalized misogyny like you don't have to go to work if you, like if you have a husband and you have kids like you don't have to like it's fine yeah. um and i'm not even a traditionalist like i'm not really about that but i'm not going to judge you if you are you know yeah talk to us about your wrestling career a little bit uh, do you uh, do you have the talent to go pro do you think is that something you envision doing or where do you want to take it? are you just doing it as a, like a hobby as a sport as a young woman well, like pro, like WWE pro? I don't know that, that kind of pro. Like, I mean, Olympic maybe? Well, Olympic's not pro, but like, do, you, yeah. do, you, do you see um, a career in it? Uh, I mean, in 2017, I don't even talk about this a lot, but in 2017, I was actually on the Olympic development team for wrestling. Um, and so, I, you know, I moved, I went to boarding school, did the whole thing, you know, wrestled, all that kind of stuff. Um, so I, I do think I have the potential. Um, now that I'm focused more, I, I've been focused more on politics and like you know school and all that kind of stuff the past year like my senior year of high school um but now i'm at college and you know getting back into it um but yeah i mean there was a a time when the olympic coaches were really looking at me and you know i'm I'm a six-time all-american and i'm a three-time national champion so nice i mean i don't know it it depends it depends how i honestly it depends how far i want to go with it because like not at the risk of sounding like really cocky, I feel like if I really put my heart and my mind into it, I could do it. Mm-hmm. It just, um, it just depends if I'm like spreading myself too thin with other all the other stuff I do. Well, it's going to take a huge sacrifice too, a lot more than your studies would take. I mean, training is, yeah. you know, it's all day, all night. If you want to stay in Olympic form, you you've got to be eating right, sleeping right, and controlling everything about your body. Really, you know, you know, you can you can go all day with your studies and and kind of go off the rails all over the place if you want, you know what I mean? But uh, if you're an athlete, that's some dedication and a serious sacrifice. Yeah. You watching MMA so, at all? Uh, yeah, I actually, I used to watch UFC with my dad, like, a lot, a lot. Um, not too much lately. I'm, just, I'm not a huge fan of, like, television in general lately. But um, I used to watch UFC. Like, I, I remember when, you know, Ronda Rousey was first on the scene. Yeah. And, like, you know, all, all, I was obsessed with like, the original UFC woman. Like, you know, Ronda Rousey, Misha Tate, like, going at it. Yeah. I loved them. Loved them. Um, I also liked. Um, I was a big fan of the wrestlers and the grapplers before I even wrestled. So like I would I would watch like Brock Lesnar. Um, I also loved Anderson Silva a lot. Mm. Um, the, I think the last UFC fight I watched was probably like McGregor versus Khabib, which was oh, like really? last year. Yeah. yeah, I don't watch it anymore. It was a fun. It was it was kind of a funny uh, fight though. What are you active at at school? You say you're politically active. What do you? What are your uh, pet projects down at school? And what school are you at anyway? If you can say. Um, yeah, I can say um, I'm at a school called East Strasburg. It's in East Strasburg, Pennsylvania. Um, and well, I joined the College Republicans actually, and I think my goal in that was to try to open that conversation, like you know, about race, but not just race, about you know, doing that outreach that the Republicans desperately need that they don't do. And I was actually a little bit impressed the first day I went there and like the treasurer or something is like this white guy, I think he's like 20 or something, but he was like, okay, so we actually have, like, I didn't even say anything, but he was like, we have to have that conversation about how to reach out to black people. I've been watching a lot of Candace Owens, blah, 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 blah. Like he was like, he was going off. I don't know if it was because I was there or not, but he, like, <laughs> he was just like saying it. Virtue so I was like, okay, yeah. cool. <laughs> 
Candace Owens is a f- breath of fresh air. I I really like her. I mean, she's uh, well spoken. She's well researched, and uh, I got a lot of time for her. And you know what? It's I hate this idea that you can't be black and conservative in the states. It's ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, when you think about, like, at least in my experience, a lot of black people are conservative, even almost more so conservative than I am. Like um, a lot, like if you go to like a black church. Um, like all that LGBT, whatever, they don't mess with that kind of stuff. You know, they, they don't, they don't mess with like, they don't mess with like immigration. They don't mess with people taking away their second amendment rights. They don't mess with like public schools. Like they don't mess with a lot of that stuff, but, um, a lot of, like, and you know, people, um, have this narrative that black people are like, I, this is one thing I do have an issue with. I don't like when people say like, oh, blacks are on like the ghetto Democrat plantation blah, 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 blah. Like, I, I don't like that um, terminology, I would say. But um, I, I feel like the the reason that that... ...to or not with race and, you know, race relations. Um, and then in a lot of these, like, Democratic strongholds, the Democrats run unopposed or against a, like, nobody candidate who has, like, 12 Twitter followers, like... It's it's not going to happen unless the Republicans actually try. So instead of sitting around here and being like, you're on a plantation, be a free thinker, blah, 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 like they actually have to try. So I feel like that's why I kind of joined college Republicans because I was like, nothing is going to change unless, like I'm like, I'm a critic of the Republican Party as a conservative. I was like, nothing's going to change unless I actually go and change it. So like, you know, I'm hoping to, to fix something, but I'm starting small. I mean, it's I'm at like a, like mid-sized university in Pennsylvania, so right. So is that where your roots uh, come from? As far as you're looking to make a change, you think you can make a difference? You can foster a better conversation. You can be active and in, in just you know, maybe not changing people's mind, but just getting the conversation started. Yeah. Again, at the risk of sounding cocky, I do think I can I can make a change, and that's why I'm majoring in political science because um, I, I would like to come back and be in local government. Um, especially Baltimore and uh, DC, because I'm from I'm from Maryland. I'm like, I'm about, I'm like halfway in between DC and Baltimore, I'm in Montgomery County. So, um, yeah. So that's kind of what I want to do. I really I really like I don't know. I consider myself to be like a very pro black person, and I feel like black people have had like the short end of the stick, you know, historically. in American history. Yeah, historically, mm-hmm. and right now you know, they're, they're kind of stuck. So like my dad's family's from Detroit and a lot of his family is still stuck in that system, that cycle. And, um, yeah, that's what I would try to fix if I was like elected, but like down here in Maryland. And at the risk of offending you, what do you want to do when you grow up? (laughs) Do you know yet? (laughs) (laughs) Um, a little offended. I'm just kidding. Um, well, (laughs) I would like to continue with my journalism um, I was, yeah, so you saw I was recently on OAN, which I thought was, like, really cool. It was a nice experience. Um, and they, uh, I met, like, the chief editor or somebody. Like, I met a lot of people, um, and they were like, oh, yeah, you can intern for us next summer. So I was like, but, because I, I really like journalism. And when, when I was there, I really liked the way they do things there. Um, but there are, like, a few publications I would love to write for at some point. But, you know, after after I graduate, after I'm, like, I'm in, like, the real world, I would definitely try to work on campaigns. I would try to, you know, work in, like, a municipal office or building or, like, just work for politicians until I can, like, become one. Like, just to see how it works, I guess. Cool. Who are you listening to? Who are you watching uh, as far as, uh, you know, commentary these days? Um, I watch a lot of um, Steven Crowder. Yeah, he's uh, fellow Canadian, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, I always I, joke, I always tweet. Oh, he hasn't liked one of my tweets. Or I, I can't get any action off this guy. Every tweet, no, I he mentions... doesn't notice me either. So. <laughs> <laughs> I really Every... want him. To, I, I, like, the day I see him follow me, it probably will never happen. But the day I would, I would just cry. Every but... tweet I make is Stephen Crowder hates Canada and Canadians, and I can't, I can't get a, a reaction out of him at all. I know he's Canadian, so you know it's a uh, fellow Canadian, and you know I'll, I'll just say about Crowder. One, hilarious. He can act. Yeah. He does I the greatest impressions. He's well produced. That is not a cheaply run station or I know. whatever like you want his, to his network. His, like, is... the, the comedy stuff he does looks like an actual movie, like sometimes like Oh yeah. That that kiss video that he did and the impressions yeah. and everything, it's just nails. I think 
his live shows a little bit overproduced. Like it's, a, I think it's a little not overproduced, but it seems a little scripted. You know what I mean? Like from even the the players on the outside, and, and maybe it's just me, but uh, he's a guy I got a lot of time for. I very rarely miss a Thursday night at eight o'clock when Crowder's on. I I, I just I love him. Um, but uh, who else are you watching? Um, I watch a little bit of Dave Rubin. Um, I, I think he has interesting guests and sometimes he brings on guests that aren't like well known. Like it's not always like a superstar um pundit or whatever. So Good. I, Max I do Bernier enjoy that. on Max Bernier's of nobody basically from Canada and brand new federal party. I mean, not a nobody, he's an elected MP, but he doesn't well, have the profile. Is. Yeah, yeah, he doesn't have a profile that well. And I was really, I was impressed when Dave, when Ruben had him on. And Ruben is such a, a sweet human being, and he really gives people space to talk. And and uh, I think Rogan does a good job of that as well. But uh, I've gone away from Ruben a little bit more because I just don't have the time. I'm just, I'm a, not obsessed, but I, I can't get enough of Tim Pool. Like he's putting out so much product, and for a left leaning guy to be that objective. I just I, I I like his uh I like his style and I like his uh, objectivity. So, who else are you watching? Hmm. Um You Shapiro fan at all? Uh I used to be. Like he was who I who was I watched him in high school like all those videos it's like Ben Shapiro destroys feminist cause you know, like, yeah. <laughs> I you know, I watched all those or whatever. Yeah. Um I I I, I don't like dislike him. Um, I'm not like like super like in love with his commentary and stuff anymore. I just feel like I outgrew it a little bit. I don't know. I feel like he he helped me like become a conserv like a conservative, but then I like I I differ from him in a lot of other stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, like you know for example like his like um like his comments on like gay marriage and you know how he feels the need to say that he hates rap music every month so. Um, yeah, I don't know. And the Jewish question, obviously, he's really um, pro-Israel. I mean, and not that there's anything wrong with that, but, I mean, he just... I like uh, Shapiro, too. He seems to be objective for the most part. I love What I love about Shapiro is he has no problem ripping and dragging Trump. And, you know, sometimes he deserves it. And, you know... Uh, well, sometimes when he rips Trump, like, I've been, like... Sometimes it's, like... It's, like, I don't know... I think sometimes it's like so unnecessary. Like there was this one tweet I honestly forgot what it was about, but he like he like congratulated Trump on doing something right, and then like just called him a name. Or so I was like, is that necessary? Like I I get it, but like I don't know. I feel like sometimes he tries to pander too hard and be like, look, I'm a good conservative. I'm not an evil, deplorable. Look at me, liberals. And it's like not working. Right now, the most entertaining guy on the planet for me is Gavin McInnes. I can't get enough of that guy, man. And he's, I mean, I guess when you got a little bit of money and uh, you don't have to worry about getting a job and whatnot, you can say whatever you want. And, I mean, I just, uh, Dave Chappelle's new special, I just, oh, I yeah, love, I love the guys that just do not give a shit and will say whatever. Now, he can get away with it. I love the joke about uh, when, <laughs> when the... Uh, when the creative director or somebody, um, the compliance officer drags oh, him in yeah. and says, now, Dave, you yeah. can't say faggot. And he's <laughs> like, oh, yeah, wait, wait, wait a second. That like, I'm not going to go do the whole bit because I don't want to say the the word that he blasts. But and he can he can get away with it because he's a gajillionaire, uh, but just unbelievable, like funny. And then I find out he stole Owen oh, Benjamin's joke, like that joke about the LGBT and driving the car. Owen Benjamin. Was that stolen? Yeah, he Owen Benjamin did well he Owen didn't have them in a car, but he was talking about the L's and how no one likes to be or you know, like he was yeah, a lot of that one specific line was that. Yeah. No, I saw Benjamin and I I used to watch Benjamin too, but he kinda went off the rails a little bit as far as well, I don't know. here's a guy, another guy that just doesn't care. He'll just say it. But these guys are comedians. So there, there's something different about a guy like uh, Dave Chappelle, compare him to uh, Shapiro, let's say. You can't say – Crowder can even get away with because with, they're considered comedians. But if you're just a regular guy, you can't yeah. be funny like that and then Hey, not, maybe I should be a comedian instead. Yeah, well like, – yeah. I, I just want to say all the stuff I want to say. But if I say, oh, it's for comedic effect, they're like, oh, you're fine. You're good. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. 
What what, uh, what other issues? Are, what what kind of tweaks you right now when you go on social media? And I, I try to stay off it in the mornings because I don't need my head filled with garbage right off the bat. Sometimes I don't do very well at that, but. You know, there's some things that you look at and you go, oh, geez. Like, wh- wh- what tweaks you as far as, you, you know, in- incites your inner rage, let's say? Um, when I see, well, like right now, like um, like free higher education is a big deal. Really? And Yeah, like people, people really want it. And I tweeted yesterday in my 8 a.m. class. Um, it's public. It's intro to public administration. So basically what I want to do, you know, like, you know, being a local government, blah, 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 blah. So that's the class. My teacher, my professor was like, um, how many of you think that the government is too big, takes too much of your taxes, you know, all that? Uh, like 90% of the class raised their hands. A couple of kids were on their phones. So basically 100% of the class that was paying attention raised their hands. And then, They let you have phones in class? There should um, be a box in the classroom. You have to put all your phones in. <laughs> certain certain professors are pretty lax. Like I have some professors that are like, if you, like I have this one professor that's like, if you take out your phone, you have to leave the class. So I, I always keep it in my bag in that class. But some professors are just like, whatever. They don't just don't like, it. It's kind of like up to you. It's like, if you want to take notes, take notes, but you're going to fail if you don't. Like that type mm-hmm. of thing. Um, and then the professor asked like, okay, so how many of you guys want free higher education? Then half the class raised their hands. And I was like... Y'all want less taxes and smaller government, but you want the government to run your higher education. No. Oh, we- Elementary schools and all that kind of stuff. So it's like, why would you, why would you want that? Sorry, we we just lost you for the. Uh, you're just catching fire, and we lost the tail end of that little oh, clip. <laughs> Anyways, you're you're going on about your reaction to people of free edu- higher education and yeah, how how you want to pull your hair out after you. Yeah, hear it. I mean, yeah, it blew my mind that like the cognitive, like just oh my god, just on one hand you want lower taxes, smaller government, government get out of your life, and on the other hand you want the government to literally own the school that you go to for mm-hmm. higher education, the one that you want to go to to launch your career, launch your job, learn how to like manage your finances and all that kind of stuff. I mean, I don't even I don't even like public schools in general. Like I I think we should have like more charter schools, more private schools. Charter schools are in, doing great, especially in the black community. They're so successful. That's what I'm wow. Mm-hmm. It's, it's like, what I don't get what the what the problem is when we see something that works, when we jump on it. I don't know. It just seems like, "Oh yeah, that works, but yeah, we don't want to go that way." People view it like I know like people view charter schools as kind of like elitist. Even though it's like the, it's like the government is the one that's elitist. They're literally taking your money to force your kids to go to some crappy school that they chose for you that you can't switch. Like if you're in that zip code and you have to go to a crappy school, you go to that crappy school. So yeah, I I really am not a huge fan of public schools. I've been a, I've been in a mixture all my life. Like I've been to private schools, public schools, online school, and now I'm in university. Like I've seen it all. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, not a fan of public schools. So that really blew my mind when they were like, "Yeah, free college, free college, but lower our taxes, though. Lower, lower them taxes." <laughs> yeah. Now I get I get the hypocrisy of it all that kind of uh, tweaks you a little bit. But uh, obviously, how are we going to pay for it is the next question too, right? So it's a financial question as well. Yeah. Um, I'm. Yeah. Whenever I see any hints of socialism, I I, I like bleh, like I just want to throw it. But um. <laughs> But I think the big misconception about America is like a lot of people think America is like this great capitalist country when it's, there's a lot of socialist aspects of it that I would like to get rid of. That's where I'm very like, oh, really? right on. Yeah. I yeah. mean, I, I hate Social Security. Like, why is it the government's job to take money out of my paycheck because I'm too lazy to do it myself to save for myself? And honestly, anyone under the age of 45 is not going to see that Social Security check anyway. So. You're right, and I, you know, I, I'm coming around on this a little bit because I kind of take for granted the socialist aspects that we have in, in Canada. Same thing. We've got hospitals, we've got police, we've got all kinds of things that are run by the government. Uh, our our communal taxes pay for that, and um, and so I think we already have like we're not just a straight capitalist nation. We do have aspects of socialism, and and. Uh, and I think you need a mix of it, and it sounds like you would probably disagree with that. It depends on the mix because I believe that the main job in in an ideal world, an ideal world, nearly the sole job of government would just be to protect your rights. Um, mm. They do a lot of other stuff 
besides that, which I don't like, like, you know, forcing your kid into a public school is not a right. But, you know, I think, you know, police, um, you know, police, law enforcement, military, that is to protect your rights. So I don't really view right. that as socialism because, okay. right. you know, that, you know, we that's that's protecting you. Right. Um, but, you know, all the other stuff like uh, in Maryland, we had uh, under Governor O'Malley, like the last governor before Hogan, we had a rain tax. Um, they would tax the rain that fell on your land. Like, <laughs> It sounds like a joke. It's not even a joke. But we have like like in New York, there's like a soda tax. They like banned. You can't get like a two liter soda, but you can get two of the one liter sodas now because it's like they're trying to help you. They're trying to make you like healthier. Like it just, I just, it's just government unnecessary government um, intervention. I I don't like any. So that to me is socialism, and we still view America as like this big capitalist stronghold. Look at all these fat cats in their suits holding their money. But like, meanwhile, we're like down here paying all these taxes. We got the soda tax. We got like all these tax, like just ugh, rules. Like I, another thing I hate, I hate um like a lot, mostly like business licensing, and it's really hurt the black community because um the black community like um things like hair braiding, barber shops, um things like that. It's like a very big deal. It's like a very cultural phenomenon, I guess, and um. You have to get like a cosmetology license to do that type of stuff, but in like the mainstream cosmetology licenses, they don't teach you how to do like black natural hair, so it's pretty useless to pay and get one. But people get arrested for like braiding hair without a license. So like, damn, uh, what? So what else? What else would you rip besides social security? Uh, so social security, I would rip all these unnecessary taxes that are just to get you to, to, to deter you from doing something that might harm you. Um, like there's politicians proposing like bullet taxes, like ammunition taxes. Like that's obviously to me, that's a violation of the second amendment. Mm-hmm. Um, I would abolish most probably, like probably most like, um, like business licensing as in like, you know, like, you know, kids getting arrested for selling lemonade and stuff now, like hate that. Yeah. Um, I think the governor of Texas actually signed something about that. So kids can like do that again. Um, but yeah, like I, I'm tired of all these people just calling the cops and so just uh, like I would, uh, licensing taxes. I hate it all. I hate it. So you don't feel like it, you could use the tax system to deter unhealthy uh, behaviors. For instance, you, you mentioned the soda tax. I call it a fat tax. So that you know it. Uh, hey, you want to kill yourself with cigarettes? You should pay for your own health care. In other words, you include the cost of your health care in the pack of cigarettes because you're going to be a burden well, in Canada. You're a burden on the health. And we, the the smokers in Canada pay for way more than their own health care for the cancers and the, the, the medical problems that they get through smoking. But don't you think we can use the tax system to kind of get us off like dirty fuel? So you, you drive a big Hummer, you put lots of pollution into the air. Don't you think that, you know, gas should be more expensive because you got the idea of a triple bottom line where you're paying for the disposal of whatever you're buying so if you if you're putting your product in really harmful packaging then it's going to cost more at the at the checkout like the producers should pay for it and like when you look at gasoline or diesel or whatever we don't really pay for the disposal of it into the atmosphere but we're all paying for it in our health Hmm. that's a good point um, no, it's a Green Party philosophy, and it's one I still kind of hold to. It's uh, the idea that you know we we want to get on to hydrogen and and whatever we want to get off the the coal and the dirty fuels and onto things that you know work better. But you know, on the same token, you've got these hybrid cars that you know the batteries like there's there's more um, environmental cost to a hybrid than there is driving a diesel Hummer. Like it does really? well, yeah, because of the batteries going back and forth to China and you know, like oh, there's a lot in just yeah, in constructing definitely. these things. Like the CO two or the the emissions that go into a hybrid are like you might as well be driving uh, like a Hummer because there's they just don't have that component included into it. So I'm interested in that idea of uh, user pay. If you're dirty, you pay. If you're clean, you're driving a bike, you get a huge economic bonus. So. I just yeah, something for you to think mm-hmm. about maybe. Uh, See, the, like, you go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. No, oh, okay. Um, so like one of the things I'm like not savvy on. Um, I'm I don't talk about the environmental issues a lot just because I'm like it's not that it's not that I'm not interested in it. Like I, I try to learn more about it, 
Um, I just like talking about like social and fiscal issues a lot more. Um, so yeah, I mean, if what you're what you're saying sounds like it makes sense to me, but I would have to think about it more. Cool. On the two A question, where do you stand on that? Obviously, keep, don't take my guns. But what do you think? Is there any role of the government to stop? The, I, I don't know. I mean. These mass shootings that are happening, there's no gun law or regulation or background check that's going to stop somebody from snapping and going mad and taking a gun into a school and just going ballistic. I don't think you can stop that. But what's your take on the 2A question versus, you know, mass gun shootings? Um, so, you know, when people talk about the mass shootings and stuff, they bring up like other countries like, oh, the UK doesn't have these shootings. Oh, Australia doesn't have these shootings. They have pretty strict gun laws. Um, which is all fine and dandy. But then when you look at the history of America, um, like before the 80s, we didn't have all these mass shootings. We didn't have all these school shootings. It basically started off with stuff like Columbine and, and stuff like that. Um, but I think it, it was a mostly a cultural shift. You know, the age of television and internet and anyone can go famous at any time. Like anyone could go viral. And now like uh, I feel like there's a lot of copycat kids. Um, there's a lot of angry, depressed teenage boys um, who are on some type of medication and maybe they don't have a dad or they grew up in an abusive home. Mm, and that's, point. that's just, that's, and they see this in the news, like, Oh my God, he shot up a school. Then they want to go shoot up a school. So, um, I think it's definitely a cultural thing and that doesn't really answer your question, but that's just my take on why we have so many mass shootings. But, um, on the second amendment, I, I would like to keep my second amendment rights like, to the fullest extent. I already feel like we, there had, they Band. Um, Sorry, like, say you know, that again, Olivia. We lost you for a like second. That. Just repeat that. We lost you for a second, oh. there, Olivia. Okay. Just the last um, part. I said that I think the Second Amendment has already been infringed upon because there are certain guns that have already been banned and certain, you know, ammunition things that have already been banned. And then, you know, people make the argument, oh, but the Second Amendment was written to accommodate like muskets and, you know, stuff like that, like little pistols and whatever. But I always read it as it was written to accommodate whatever the government has at that time. So like, cause it was meant to, to fight back against a tyrannical government. You know, people always act like it's about like hunting or like home invasions and stuff. And that's all fine and dandy. I would use it for that too. Um, but when it was written, it was written with in like the revolutionary war in mind. It was written with the declaration of independence in, in mind and how the colonies had to fight against the tyrannical government with the same weapons that they had. So if the government has, you know, um, you know, automatic weapons. Like I believe I should have automatic weapons because um, it's it, it's the same people that are like, oh, the government is white supremacists. They're Nazis. They're terrorists. The NRA is domestic terrorists. Then why don't you want to protect yourself? So why don't why don't you want to have the same protection that they do? Yeah, I'm glad you touched on the fatherlessness because you know I, I put a Twitter poll up the other day that actually got more action than a lot of my tweets get. I don't get a whole lot of tweets, and I don't have that huge a following. But uh, my question was. Uh, what's a bigger problem in America today, racism or fatherlessness? And I think fatherlessness, fatherlessness is like the root, of, especially in the black community, the root of a lot of our problems. We don't have mentors. We don't have elders. Uh, and then, uh, you know, when welfare came in in the States, you couldn't get welfare if you're a woman unless the man was out of the house. So there you go. There goes the father out of the house. You know, there's been a war on, well, we killed God a long time ago. There's a war on traditional family. This idea that, you know, you can't collect a welfare check if the father's living in the house. I mean, this is one of the deepest issues, I think, that, that's affecting our young boys, especially. Uh, what's your take on that? Um, I basically 100% agree. I mean, you see it across all communities, but especially the black community, because, you know, these, these people are disproportionately impoverished. And so obviously they're going to be disproportionately on welfare. And then, you know, it creates the welfare state and the welfare cycle. And it happens again and again and again. And you see these at-risk boys, they go to school, they fight, you know, the gang recruits them, they have guns, they get you know, shot by a gang member, shot by their friend, shot by the police. Like, And I think a lot of it just stems from not having a dad to be like, put that gun down, go to school. Because a, a lot of these moms, you know, they work two jobs, so they have multiple kids, so it's like, I don't know. It's a hard it's a hard thing to fix because I think, it's, I think it starts with um, – like um like the crime like the crime bill and stuff like that um that's a big part of why i'm very libertarian on like nonviolent drug offenses 
Um, so, like, I, I don't know. I feel like when, like, you know, like there's an opioid crisis. Like a lot, a lot of white people in America do like opioids. You know, they go to rehab. Um, but like the crack ep- epidemic hit, and like black fathers went to jail. Mm. So, yeah, Chappelle touches on that too, and I, I, I just put, you know, how you, you're familiar with something, you know it to be a fact, but it takes someone to actually say it, and they're like, oh yeah, the crack was for blacks. The opioids are for whites, and he's kind of like, "See, now you, now you yeah. know what we were and going through." He was through. like, "I don't feel bad for you. <laughs> I feel bad for them though, because um, the high, the public high school I went to was in like a smallish town in Maryland. There was there was a lot of um, heroin and like opioid use there, so mm-hmm. I, I do feel for those people. But what I'm saying is like these nonviolent drug offenses um, on these depressed, impoverished people. That's gonna take a lot of the dads of the household. So that's why I'm a, a part of the reason I'm a big libertarian on um, on that issue. Um, and then I feel like there's a lot of I don't want to say police brutality because I don't think that's the right word, but like over policing because there's that um, that trend of you know drug crime and gang violence, and then that creates like a really bad um, relationship with the cops and the people. So I, it's just I'm sorry I'm like going off on a tangent. No, no, that's but, good. But yeah, I think it would start. I think it would start with. Like something to reverse the crime bill, something to reverse the welfare state. You know, like as you said, like you can't get a check if the dad lives with you in the home with the kids. Mm-hmm. So, I, but I do think it was deliberately made that way. Wow, wow. I'm kind of a conspiracy theorist. Yeah, like yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, some conspiracies are actually historical; they're actually true. Uh, you know, what else I find interesting, and, and you kind of you kind of touched on it lately, is as far as the environmental impact on our youth, I can't remember where I heard this the other day, though, but it was the idea that there's certain pockets of communities that have been violent and crime-ridden forever. And, like, they go back for decades and decades and decades and looking at police reports and going, oh, look at this, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, all through this one little pocket. They've had the same people doing the same crimes over and over and over. I don't... I'm not sure what the fix is for that, but I think that it's cultural and environmental from the standpoint of like where you grow up, where you hang out, where you go to school. Hey, there's lots of gang activity. There's lots of murders, lots of guns, lots of drugs, and it just, it never changes. Yeah. Well, the the thing is like black America wasn't always that way. There was a period after slavery reconstruction um, where, you know, this, this, the former slave States, the Confederacy was doing, their very best to enact um, disenfranchisement laws against black people. While meanwhile, you know, people like Booker T. Washington and other black activists were becoming doctors, lawyers, you know, uh, philosophers, things like that. And then we hit Jim Crow, and the Black Family Union was actually very strong because you know black people needed each other. You know, they needed to stick together. Um, and then after integration, it was said. That there was this quote by Martin Luther King. He was like, "We integrated into a burning building," um, and that's a very lesser-known quote because people view him as like a very kumbaya, like mm-hmm. we're all in this together type. Um, I'm not saying integration was a mistake. I'm just saying like kind of how it happened and what happened with the crime bill and um, like the crack epidemic and all that kind of stuff tore the family apart. But what, what I'm trying to say is, it, Black America wasn't always this way. Um, we had well, black Americans were um, had a lower divorce rate, had a lower single motherhood rate than white people for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, in like the, I think I believe it's forties, fifties area. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that there was a deliberate, deliberate um, conspiracy to to break up the family, to put the dads in jail, to put the moms on welfare, to put the kids at risk, because this is not like a genetic, like racial thing. Like black people aren't like this but in this country they are for i believe those reasons okay i want to respect your time so we'll start to wrap up now i want to talk uh, i want you to close with telling us what you're up to what you're looking at doing but first before we get there tell me about throwing that dummy around in the wrestling gym (laughs) (laughs) that was awesome yeah um it took a lot of practice like i think the first time i ever did it correctly was only just last year, and this how is how much like does that thing weigh, and how do you oh, flip it backwards without breaking your own neck? 
it's actually not um it's not heavy it's like 40 oh. pounds okay like, yeah i think it says like 17 kilograms on it so it's like 38 39 pounds okay. it's not heavy it's it's very it's really not heavy and some it people are like talking it, it's really awkward to carry mm-hmm. so it, it feels a lot heavier than it is um did that thing so go viral like, huh did that did that tweet go viral uh, semi-viral. Yeah, I needed it, bit. though, because people were making fun of me. They were like, oh, that weighs like 30 pounds. I was like, shut up. You can't. <laughs> I, w- I would like to see you do it with nothing. Can you just do a freaking backflip and land on your face? No, you can't. So shut up. <laughs> I love so, it. Shut it. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Um, but yeah, there was a lot of insecure men on that post, but that's okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. A lot of insecure men out there at all. Uh, 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 a lot. Anyways, I, I seem to... They seem to hit me on Twitter a lot, and they all seem to be these virtue-signaling lefties, which I have no time for. Again, I'm an old-school lefty. Um, my first election was 1993. When were you, when were you born? 2001. <laughs> so I was running for the Green Party. Oh, my God, I'm getting old. I'm going to be 51 this year. But uh, <laughs> Wow. And I, I really appreciate having these young conservatives on. I had uh, Gen Z conservative on not too long ago. He was great. Ashley St. Clair was awesome awesome and then suddenly my youtube channel blew up months later because she said the thing about 12 like there's 12 immigrants in colorado well she said 12 and she's everyone yeah i hate how they do this they take the sound bites they take it out of context honestly i felt bad for her because i've like talked to her on twitter before and she seems like a sweet girl and i'm like not a big fan of when people like try to like we talk about cancel culture on the left and then a bunch of like right Agree with her, just not follow her. There's no need to like drag people for it. So I, I think she's a sweet girl. Yeah, sorry, you cut out just at the end there, but. Uh... Um, yeah, I get your I get your point. She, I, I like her too. I didn't know like I I, I met her on Twitter and I, I joked with her the other day. I knew you since you were twenty five thousand followers old, and then she's at one fifty or something mm-hmm. now. And uh, and she was generous. Yeah, yeah you want to? I asked her to come on the show just like you are, uh, and I had no idea she was that young. I don't know if it was the picture or whatever. Maybe it's just I don't have an eye for age anymore um but uh yeah she's really gotten herself well placed with um turning point usa i think she's hooked up with charlie kirk's group and candace owens and uh so i i enjoy her platform i enjoy her takes but now i'm more uh conservative and more like if you don't stand for free speech we got nothing to talk about if you don't think that life starts at conception really come on like it's biological like blah 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 so you know and i'm not saying outlaw abortion i just you know crowder did that uh video of the nine month uh, nine month abortion the girl with the nine month old baby inside her at the abortion clinic against the will of her husband she already had two kids i'm like how do you like yeah. i don't even care how i think you we ex- can reach a compromise on that though like i think the georgia heartbeat bill is a good compromise because i don't think you're ever going to really outlaw abortion no and i'm not saying do. you should people, but... people will people will like accidentally kill themselves by trying to do it themselves but i feel like if like i think a lot of pro-choicers um aren't being honest with themselves when they say oh it's not alive until it like is actually birthed so I think that, like, when you think of a heartbeat, like, okay, when somebody dies, they don't have a heartbeat. So when someone's born, like, if you can, you know, make that connection, like, I feel Great like point. that's a, okay. Point. Yeah. I, I, it, it made a lot of pro-lifers happy. It made a lot of pro-choicers like, eh, well, we still have a little bit. We have a little window to do it. So mm-hmm. um, I think I think we can come to a compromise. It's, it's definitely not ideal if you're very staunchly pro-life. Um, but I, I, I think the Georgia bill is something that we could emulate. Now, tell us a little bit about the, is it OAN? Yeah, one oh, American man. News. I thought it was AO. I'm just, is that Jack uh, Jackson Network? Is that, okay, yeah. Jack Pacific, yeah. Yeah, I, I got a lot of time for him, too. He seems pretty reasonable. I don't know him all that well. He's so nice. Is He's he? a really yeah. nice-looking person, yeah. yeah. Like, I'm I'm always scared of meeting, like, Twitter people in person. Um, <laughs> some of them actually, I'm not going to name names, but some of these, like, big celebrities are like, really mean in person, but... Um, <laughs> Oh, come on. Drop some names. Who's treated you like garbage <laughs> when you met them? No, sir. Um, <laughs> no, sir. I will say who's very nice. Jack Vesobic is so nice. Joy Villa is, like, the nicest person ever. Like, seriously. Like, she calls me her little sister. Like, um, Is she on like, OAN, she... too? Oh, no. Oh, she's okay. a... You know uh, who Joy Villa is? No. Joy Villa? Oh, she... Yeah, Villa. She's that girl from the Grammys who wore, like, the giant MAGA dress, and she went, like, super viral for it. Oh, yeah. I never, I'm not familiar with her, but I don't watch a whole lot of the Grammys either. 
I didn't watch it either. I saw it on Twitter and it, uh. it, she got so much hate for it. But she, basically, she, every year at the Grammys, she wears like a big like Make America Great Again dress or some type of conservative thing. And she was at Trump's social media summit like two months ago. Oh, okay. Um, but yeah, she's the nicest. Um, a lot of these people are cool. A lot of these people kind of suck, but it's like that's politics. Who else have you been meeting? Um, I've met Candace a couple times. Um, can't I've believe she Charlie got married. For... I'm so bummed that she got married. I, I I was so depressed when I saw the ring on her finger, and then she posted wedding photos, and I was just like, "It's over for me. I'm done." Yo, I thought she was gonna marry Charlie. Like that's <laughs> when she said she was engaged. I was like, Charlie, and it's like some British guy. I was like, okay, well, best of luck to y'all. <laughs> uh, Charlie Kirk for president. What do you think? Um, you know what? I kind of hate his tweets. They're like, I like they all look like the same um but in person he's actually a pretty decent guy i know a lot of people that work for turning point and i don't like a lot of people that work for turning point Interesting. um yeah i've i've been pretty critical of them i think they need to vet their people more like they have a lot of like like kind of snakes in the grass like i would say but i i do think um charlie's a, he's a, he's a he's a he's an okay person like he's decent um i don't think he's like corrupt i think he actually believes in conservatism um if you like, if he like didn't have a Twitter and you would just see his videos of him like debating and the stuff that he organizes, I would be like, yes, like he's he's right. pretty cool. Oh, okay. Um, but yeah, I I don't know. Whoever manages his social media is like mm. bad, but um, like his he's a good speaker. He's young. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, he's very close to the Trumps. Like like I I've met um well I've met Donald Trump Jr. and I've met Mike Pence and I've. I've waved at Donald Trump, but I didn't get to shake his hand. <laughs> 18 years old. Listen to the resume and all the people she's bumping into. So what's next? What are you doing? What's uh, like, what's what, what, what's the next show you're going to be on? You're going to be on with Candace Owens. Like what? Who, like who's, who's going to bust your uh, Twitter account wide open and make you a, like a super, superstar. Cause you're pretty well known already. So that's good. I don't think I'm well known. <laughs> I've, I think I've been recognized in public like twice. So, <laughs> fame the fame gets to be too much you know i was like no paparazzi um but i don't know i like i said i would love to be on on crowder show um i would love to be on Infowars, to be honest because i know people who've been on Infowars, and they, they put people on like they don't have just like big people on there like my friend camelia she painted like this painting and it was like a pro-life painting it was about a mother who was like mourning her baby and um it went like semi-viral i think got like maybe ten thousand likes on twitter um but infowars had her on to talk about it. i thought that was really cool so i would go on infowars i would i would go on um i would go on like crowder show i would I honestly i go on a lot of people's shows like honest like 90 percent of the people that dm me they're like can, can you come on my podcast i'm like yeah because i like talking to people Cool. Well, I appreciate your time, and I want to respect it. Uh, I've kept you for about an hour now, so we were a little bit late today. Just on the way out, tell everyone how they can get a hold of you, and uh, you got a you got a you got a Patreon account. We can give you some money, or like, wh- what's up? Oh yeah, I do have Patreon. All right. I get like, I get, like, I, get I have one patron, so same. <laughs> and I have about same. five followers that probably won't give you anything so but it's always worth an ask <laughs> uh yeah i'm pretty sure it's just my name like if you go on pay, if you go on patreon search like olivia rondo it's r-o-n-d-e-a-u and then my channel name is the same like on youtube and then my twitter like if you don't want like like watching videos or any of that kind of stuff i post like a lot of my commentary and i post a lot of my articles that i write on twitter so that's at rondo olivia or just search olivia rondo and you'll find it rondo Thank you, Olivia. I love you. Keep strong and uh, stay golden. And I really appreciate the time. Thanks for uh, doing this. And uh, we'll get in touch with you the next time you bust something that goes viral or it gets you on Crowder's <laughs> yeah. show. Uh, I want you to, you know, I don't, I don't want you to say, yeah, I'm too big for the Jim Fannin show. So I appreciate your time, anyways. No, I'll give you, I'll give you a shout out when I have my own show. Awesome. All right. Well, stay golden. Uh, well Thank done. You. I appreciate all your work out there and. Uh, and your time today. Thanks a lot. Thanks. Bye. Right, cheers. How do you sign this thing? Yeah, just keep them rolling. Ooh. That's cool. Uh, that's Olivia Rondo if you need her. Pretty cool. Let's stop this. Now, I don't know why I couldn't get the recording of the audio on, but um, let's see if it's. Yeah, there's no audio. I've got an hour of video. I'm going to have to figure out 
That sucker. Matthew James Blake's going to come up. Thank you, brother, for uh, running. Everything's still rolling. Twitter's rolling. Twi- uh, fake, fake book is rolling. All right. Matthew James Blake's going to come in. He brought his axe, and he's going to play some tunes. Uh, let's just see. Where is this video here? Oh, yeah, we're still live. And, uh, yeah, so Olivia added me earlier. Oh. I forgot I had this shirt on. I found this shirt in the back of the closet. I don't know what, where it came from, but it's it's a, mirror, a Mirror's Golf Tournament shirt, and I'm not sure where I got it from, unless it was Brian McMullen's. Yeah, yeah, well, they, they put your weave in it. Uh, so stay tuned if you're watching on the fake but or Twitter. Matthew James Blake is at MJB Niagara, right? He doesn't know. You don't even know you're on Twitter again. MJB Niagara, you can add him up there, and we'll talk to you soon. MJ, take us out of here. I should I should have uh, Jay Beatty's uh, little riff that he played for us, so we can play that on the way in and out of the segments. That'll be good. But catch us soon. Get me out of here, MJ. Wasn't too bad.